The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. A man was brought to Jesus, a dumb demoniac. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb man spoke, and the people were amazed. Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel, they said. But the Pharisees said, It is through the prince of devils that he casts out devils. Jesus made a tour through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing all kinds of diseases and sicknesses. And when he saw the crowds, he felt sorry for them, because they were harassed and dejected, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is rich, but the laborers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers to his harvest. The Gospel of the Lord. Pray to Christ, Lord Jesus Christ. Over these days, we've been hearing those stories of Genesis, and um, I, I, I obviously say it very often, but you can't take for granted how deep and archetypal these Genesis stories are. Every single one of them are just layered upon, upon, upon of, of deep, deep themes of who and what we are in our relationship to God. And so today you have um, this episode, which is usually painted quite beautifully, of Jacob wrestling with the angel of God, and then God gives um, Jacob a new name. In terms of the archetype, this has been commented on as um, a developmental stage, a kind of uh, shifting of of uh, Jacob's understanding of who he is, of where he is, of who he uh, is with and, and who he is for for them, um, and God in the middle of all of this. And I've heard it associated with the, the same developmental movements that we need to go through in our growth, um, in particular in this thing of, um, of wrestling. The word Israel means the one who wrestles with God, and that's who Jacob is. And in a funny way, that's who all of us are. Um, over here in the gospel when Jesus says pray to the Lord of the harvest that there'd be laborers um, yes that refers to priests who will pass to the flock but I think it refers to every single person of faith pray that we would have wrestlers in our midst um, not necessarily restless people but people who wrestle um, with God in love and in, in, um, in intimacy there's something about wrestling which is um, at one level, so tactile, you know, it's, it's like a body-to-body exchange. Who do we often see wrestling when it's a loving encounter? Well, it's children, children with their parents. There's this beautiful um, exchange of strength, and, and obviously the parent could overpower the child at any moment, but that's not the point. The point is to sort of rouse the child into um, using his or her gifts, her body, um, his body, uh, and, and, and um, understanding that... Um, Understanding who they are in relation to the one who loves them. In a sense, that's, what go, that's what's going on here. And it's a beautiful thing. And we were talking about the Trinity. And we were talking about um, sin. And I was trying to... We didn't really get time to, to go there with the depth that I would have liked. But we were trying to look at what sin is and why it's such a dramatic problem. And why God would enter into this world and do something so extravagant as dying on the cross. Because think about it. If God is all-powerful and God can forgive, then why not just forgive? You know, why all this drama? And so we were speaking with the children about it. And, and 
the conversation started at a shallow place, but it got deeper and deeper as we went on. Uh, it started at the point of saying, okay, so what is sin? And one child said, oh, it's, it's doing bad things. And it's like, okay, you know, that's, that's certainly a manifestation of sin. But if sin is just doing bad things, then stop doing bad things. Isn't that the solution? Uh, that, that ought to solve the problem. You know, there's no need for God to be crucified. Sin and virtue is far more than our exterior behavior. It's about um, the very inner core of my being being either free or bound. Um, if it's free, then it's, then it's loosened from the, from the bonds of sin, so to speak. I've, I've been wrestled free of that bondage. And so we were talking about living a life of integrity. And this is where the church is, is inviting us into something that, that I think can't take place without a deep, deep wrestling on all our parts. What is God, through the church, inviting us to? Not just a life of doing good things that are disconnected from each other. Oh, yeah, I did that good act. I said that nice thing. I uh, enacted this charitable work. Okay, fine, good, well done, you know. Um, but what about your spirit? What transformation are we undergoing as we wrestle with ourselves, with the hardships of life, um, and, and even with God in our midst. I want to read this little passage from Benedict, from his rule actually, where he's talking about doing good. But notice just how very far it is. I thought I had it here. Just notice just how very far it is from um, exterior behavior. Benedict is in fact speaking about a change of the soul, uh, a change of the human heart where the wrestling really does take place. Let us stand up on our feet, for Scripture rouses us, saying it is full time now for you to wake from sleep. And having opened our eyes to the light of God, let us attentively, let us listen attentively to what the divine voice cries out to us daily. Today, if you would hear his voice, harden not your hearts. And again, he who hears he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And what does he say? Come, my children, and hear me, that I may teach you to fear the Lord. Run while you have the light of life, lest the darkness of death overtake you. Girding your loins with faith and the observance of good deeds, let us follow his path under the guidance of the gospel, that we may be worthy to see him who has called us into his kingdom. If we desire to live in this dwelling place of his kingdom, there is no means of reaching it except by the way of good deeds. Just as there is an evil, bitter zeal which cuts us off from God and leads us to hell, and in a word, that's the mystery of sin in our lives, so there is a good zeal which shields us from vice and leads us to God and eternal life. This is the kind of zeal that which monks should exercise with fervent love. That is, let them be eager to show honor to one another. Let them bear patiently with their infirmities, whether of body or character. Let them vie with each other in mutual obedience. Let no one follow what he judges advantageous for himself, but rather for one another. Let them love the brotherhood in all chastity. Let them fear God in love. Let them love their superior with sincere and humble charity. Let them prefer nothing, whatever, to Christ. 
and he may lead us all alike to everlasting life.